And that's why the Captain America movies are actually about PCP versus crystal meth. Raggedy Man, uh, I hate to interrupt you, but um, we've just gone live. Okay! Welcome to the Big Stomp, the Bunkerzilla radio show that roars at the latest stories and discussions in geek culture today. So, what are we waiting for? Let's start stomping. It's 8pm on Thursday the 27th of February and this is the Big Stomp live on Bunkerzilla. I am the Raggedy Man and tonight, to, and joining me tonight to shine a light on some of the geek culture happenings of the past month, we have three amazing members of the Bunkerzilla team and they are... Lizzie, Lizzie. hello, I'm your rambling redhead, you've probably heard me ramble on Bunkerzilla, hello. Uh, I'm. Yeah. And we have Jenna. Hi, I'm your resident historian. Well, one of them, and listen to me after this as well, because I'm on real history later. And we have Charlotte. Hey there, horror fans! It's the Cross-eyed Gamer, and we're back again. <gasps> and joining us through the marvels of modern technology, we have the Peanut Gallery live on our Discord server. Discord server. And right now, that includes who we got. We got Fridge UK. We got Kuma. We have Pink Apple Jam being the amazing wrangler for all of this. We have Lord Ashram. We possibly have Mike. We have, no, that's a member of the team. Uh, Naked Fairy <laughs> God Boy. We've got Shenny UK. Uh, we've got Yomoka. We've got uh, all the people involved in this. We're watching this. If you have anything to say, bung it up on the screen. We will grab hold of it. Uh, and they're all listening. We'll be sure. To throw the comments in, and this is all being pe- powered by the wonderful bunkerzilla.co.uk, uh, the finest geek culture blog and podcasting hub in the kingdom. Uh, please subscribe to it on Facebook, Twitter, on your favorite podcasting app, and tell all your friends about it. We have the station controller giving us live and direct access for the next 59 minutes. We have three amazing stories to get through and chew our way through. So, with no further shilling, we have our first story, and that is Lizzie. Hello. I'm going to talk about uh, the movie Parasite. If you haven't seen it, uh, join the club. I haven't actually seen it, so it's going to be a bit weird that I'm going to be talking about it. But I'm not actually talking about the movie itself. I'm talking about its impact on the current landscape of cinema and possibly what it means in the future. So basically, this is an entirely subtitled movie that has won, at last count, 185 awards. It was nomin- it, uh, out of 308 nominations. <laughs> and an Oscar. Mm. It's won, I think it won four Oscars, didn't it? It's, it won the Best Picture. Uh, it received four nominations, including Best Film, Best Direction, and one for Best Original Screenplay and Best Film Not in the English Language. And it has also won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. I believe that is the first Korean film to receive the award as well as the first mm. film to do so with the unanimous vote since 2013's Blue is the Warmest Colour. Wow. So this is an entirely Korean film in mainstream cinema, and this is a good thing. It is broadening the horizons. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is the premise of the big stomp. <laughs> that is the premise of the big stomp. Like, I could go on and on, but like the fact that you've got a... I mean, Korean culture itself has become a huge thing recently. You've got K-pop has taken off over sort of this side of the world hugely. And now you've got actual Korean cinema, not just like pretty boy groups or girl groups, dominating what is a ma- what are major film awards. It's, it's also, and forgive me if I'm wrong on this, this is the first uh, non-English language movie to win Best Picture at the Oscars, which is essentially the major award for English language movies. Yeah, uh, I believe so. I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, that is, I mean, the, the the number of non-American films that have won that is minute. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the fact that it won it without bothering to to speak English, as it were, well, it pissed off Donald Trump. So. Oh that no! Oh yeah. no! <laughs> We've pissed off the fantafascist. Ask me if I care. <laughs> Opinions. 
Yeah, because I, I love it. I love the fact that uh, a, a non-Western, non-American film has won Best Oscar. It's brilliant. Although I, I keep hearing people talk about 1917 and saying things like, it's won lots and lots of awards, including Best Picture. But they don't mention that it won Best Picture at the BAFTAs, not the Oscars. You know, and it's like, okay, just admit you lost. But... Like one of my favorite stories of the whole Oscars thing was um, John Cho, who is uh, Hikari Sulu in the Star Trek films. And he went to congratulate the cast of Parasite at the Oscars. And people kept coming up to him and going, oh, Parasite was a brilliant film. Well done. And he was like, that's great, but I wasn't in it. And it, I mean, it's a joke, but it is kind of illustrative of the fact that people just saw a Korean actor at the Oscars and went, oh, well, they must be part of Parasite because that they're they're unique and all this kind of thing. Oh, you're going to correct me. Is he actually no, but in it? Let, no, but let's, let's be honest. They didn't see a Korean actor. They saw an Asian actor. Yeah, they saw a non-white. Oh, look, you must have been in it. <laughs> you must have been in it. So I'm hoping this kind of paves the way for the for the Western, not the Western audiences, because it's not every Western audience, because there's a lot of people out there who are Western, who understand and all that kind of stuff. But to understand that this hopefully is not going to be a one-off. And there's going to be more and more so that when you go to the Oscars, it's not like, oh, look, here's the white fest. And there's the small group of people who won, you know, oh, oh, oh they're, they're the different ones. I, I really hope this kind of starts broadening some horizons. I mean, it's not going to happen overnight because it's Hollywood, but, you know. It's not, it's not going to happen overnight. And I don't think this is going to become a regular occurrence. But mm. what this does do, like it or not this will legitimise non-English cinema in mm. um, in predominantly English places. Because I know we've got the BAFTAs, which are basically the, oh, well, <laughs> we're the Brits, so we're not going to win an Oscar award. So <laughs> 1917 got, got that. It was a good film, but also it was a good British film. I think th this is going to widen the scope of cinema, and it's hopefully going to make America think that cinema is not just an American product. So I think on that level, just opening up the market doesn't have to doesn't have to win any more awards because apart from anything else, there's not much rewards left for it to bloody win from what <laughs> you were telling us. So yeah. I, I, it's. But the the other thing is that this the genre of movie it is a black comedy thriller. That is that is that is the genre of the film. That's how it's defined on all the articles I could find about it. Like most thing about it, most best pictures, they're comedies, they're romances, they're they're well, okay, maybe not a I've gone with the wind. Com comedies, there. comedies, no comedies. I am yeah. the fact that you said it was a black comedy surprised the hell out of me mm. because it is so hard for any comedy to even get near an Oscar. I think The Mask was like the last one to win something, and that was for all the technicals. Mm. Yeah, but I mean the the genre, like I said, the genre. It's not the standard genre of film that wins award ceremonies. It, it, you know, normally it's things that are you know epic and sweeping. And this is actually like I've read the plot synopsis. I'm not going to no spoil you know no spoilers or anything. But the plot of it is really small. Like the world of the world of the plot is a very small thing. It it's not like a big impactful story. It's not like about a war or anything else. It's about two families and that's it I it, it, is a, it is also about like the social economic divide and all the rest of that but i'm like talking about like the scope of the story is actually quite a small scope for, for something that's mm. doing so well mm. at awards it's not about big earth-shattering conflicts or you know massive political things it's quite it's quite small yeah, sorry I, I would say that's a revision a reversion back to more of the 70s and the early 80s approach to movies that that kind of thing has often done very well uh i'm not i'm not discounting that it's not awesome that it won here i'm just saying that they they have the small intimate dramas stuff like uh what was it monsters ball and stuff mm -hmm. like that kramer versus they kramer have, and yeah. stuff like that yeah but I mean, there but is that, a grand tradition but that's a couple of decades ago now like and those mm. trend the trend recently certainly for hollywood and award ceremonies has been these big sweeping sort of story arcs you know you've yeah. got a multi character multi character storylines you know everyone's got to have their own subplot everyone's got to have their own thing whereas this story it's just a small contained story like quite it's a quiet story not a, it's not loud or shouty or you know oh look at all our pretty special effects mhm mm that's fair um 
couple of comments coming in from the wall. Uh, Pink Apple Jam says, who is drinking tea? I can hear clinking, so British <laughs> lol. Um, don't know quite how to do that. Uh, Yumako, there are massive problems with film awards. Hopefully, mm-hmm. Yumako will bring that up. As, as I've said before, I have to agree with the problem with film awards. I am a huge fan of the theory that the Oscars should be done about three <clears throat> years in retrospect. Mm. Yeah, I was just going to say one thing that I, a few of my um, horror uh, fran, 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 friends point, pointed out was, you know, they do the little like dancey, singy number at the beginning of the Oscars. There were references to horror films in there that don't even get a mention in the Oscars. Like they mentioned Us and uh, Midsummer. Yeah. In in the dance, so they're saying, oh, you know, look, we we know people acknowledge these films, but do they get a mention in? The f- no. And like you were saying earlier, it's like the ones that win best film are very specific. They're either these kind of big sweeping gone with the wind kind of things, or they're these like quiet two people staring at each other in a room sort of things. And comedy, horror, all the other kind of subgenres just don't even get a look in, and uh, that's not fair. Even like the more popular films like Endgame, which was absolutely huge, doesn't really get a look in apart from like um, technical awards. I don't know if it was actually nominated for anything. So it was. It was, but it's yeah. it always feels like it is. It's not the smaller films, but it is the well. There, there like, was the, the whole... most pop. The most popular films don't get. Nom- the ones that average Joes like us mostly go to see, the ones that are top billed uh, for money wise, are not always the ones that are recognised as the best film, which is fine because obviously people like different things, but sometimes. Well, they, yeah. they had the whole debacle with um, uh, Black Panther, them going, mm-hmm. oh, we need to do a best popular or best. Then basically trying to come up with a means of going, well, this film was radical and broke boundaries, but we don't want to admit it. But I, I'm yeah. not aware of any horror film ever getting anywhere near those kinds of awards, comedies, and that they just they nope. just don't get them. We have a message from Station Controller. Uh, the Oscar last year gave a film about racial tensions made by white filmmakers best picture against films about racial tensions made by actual African-American filmmakers. Uh. That's just one example of diversity gone wrong. And the film that won it, Green Book, um, yeah, mm-hmm. that is such a, if you actually, it's a fucked up movie. Uh, the, the dynamics of it are seriously broken. That beat Black Klansman, which is pretty good, and Black Panther, which just I loved. It was great. But yeah, oh, who AI Silsa says this makes me think that video game awards seem really diverse. <laughs> they are, other than all the programs. Uh, yeah, and also most of the protagonists are white, you know, net men, white Mike Finns with no neck that grunt a lot. Uh, yeah, that's getting better. That is getting better. But the the I I'm just hoping that. It's gonna. I mean, I, as a, speaking as a dyslexic, um, the idea of me sitting down and watching a ninety-minute, I, I'm, I, I can't say, or oh, I really look forward to a dub to a subbed movie, because I have to, I, I have all the fun of trying to read it, um, but the fact that it, it's more the plot lines, the opening up, because like, what was it? Uh, City of God was the one that was pipped for it uh, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago marvelous film never got anywhere because it's not english mm-hmm. it's, it's just yeah. this idea that that different the, the other really interesting thing i found with um with parasite was that loads of places have really liked it it's like it's this universal story and to me that's that's a massive takeaway that a deeply korean story can be a universal story rather than just an american story being the universal mm. story so that's awesome we can get more cultures being the universal story. But yeah, as, as you say, with you being the universal story, as I say, no spoilers, but it is just about two families, one from one side of the social economic scale and one from the other end. And it's just how what happens, it's sort of about them, how the sort of the two meet and what happens when you have people with with and people without and sort of the resentments that that can build up which again mm. i think is a really good message especially in this day and age 
yeah to be sort of putting out into mainstream cinema and i mean this this film the budget was 11.4 million us dollars that's nothing that's, that's mm. nothing in today's modern cinema i mean you took, you know most films are oh yeah our budget was but it's made what is it made 3 234.5 million dollars so far in the box office as as says as Wikipedia as as on Wikipedia at this precise moment in time, like that's huge. Mm. That is literally you can't do much better than that. No. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just uh, sorry. Happy. No, no, you go, Jenna. Um, I was going to say, um. Things that I see with like subtitled films tends to be the same reaction I see to uh, black and white films and also animation and the fact of a lot of people won't give them a try because they're like, no, that's too much or the reaction to animated films are being that's just for kids or black and white films. It's like, but that's weird. And it's kind of, well, if you give it a go, then you get so many more stories. And you get to witness a lot of triumph in artistry for um, human beings because art and animation is absolutely stunning. Um, You've got, I think there should be a voice acting award for uh, Oscars at least because animation needs so much more recognition. Um, And subtitled films do need more recognition as well. And that's a really good thing. Um, the other thing is that's what's been interesting is seeing the dub and sub uh, debates coming up, <laughs> which as anime fans, we've gone through so many times. No, 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 I don't think we have. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, let's run that one again because it's never, ever, no, yeah. Original, go for it. Someone try and make an original spin on it. I'm not even touching that one. I mean, <laughs> I'm of the opinion dubs or subs doesn't matter as long as you're enjoying what you're watching. Yeah. Yes. Like, what does it matter? Oh, you, oh, oh no, I only watched the the, the, the the subbed version because it's more true to the original. Oh, go away and think about your life choices. <laughs> I was going to say a naughty word there and I stopped myself. <laughs> Charlotte. Um, yeah, I was just going to go back to what you're saying about, like, I really hope Parasite doesn't become that kind of flash in the pan. Oh, look, it was new, and then we're not going to do it again. Because if you remember a few years back, The Artist, which was... Now, I can't remember if this was black and white or if it was silent or if it was both. Both. It was, right, it's yeah. both. Now, that was groundbreaking. Everybody talked about, like, The Artist. Oh, my God. Is it... But we've not seen anything since like that. Oh. And I'm not saying, yeah, okay, well, it was a one-off and all this kind of thing. But no one's kind of gone, yeah, okay, this, 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 this works. We haven't really seen... And I really hope this isn't going to be the same for Parasite. And they're like, oh, well, look, you know, we let them have one and that's it. You know, um, I hope this really is a freight train and we get to see a lot more of this. Uh, I mean, the, 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 the thing about the artist is I have tried to watch that. And I, I love silent movies. I love black and white movies. So that's not a problem for me. The artist is, um, how do I put this without Ian yelling at me? The artist is an author's wet dream. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was flangy Hollywood award bait. Yeah. It wasn't made for people to enjoy the story or learn anything. It was just made to win awards. And we're produced by a person we're not going to mention. We're not going to mention. Oh, it. no, no. no. <laughs> anyway. Oh, no, no. Uh, that was good news this week as well. Yeah. Oh, that was brilliant. Comments roll it before we say anything that theoretically. No, actually, we before we start talking about the jailed uh, sex offender, a uh, uh, yes. couple of comments from the peanut gallery. Who have we got? Uh, Yamako uh, comes in with their massive problems with film awards. AI, uh, they also commented, Is it me or the selecting committee or the select committees had limited genre selection uh, outside of massive cultural? issues mentioned above yes they do they have apps that they just discount so much stuff um it's why none of the amityville movies haven't got awarded i don't know 
because there's enough of them. Statistically, they should have won an Oscar by now. Uh, where are we? Uh, I mean, it's not like... Uh, Mike says, gloves off time. I think that was about us going to have a scrap over subs and dubs. As fans, we have the interest to insert the pros of being able to watch different things for the greater good. All we can do is plant that seed. The UK still is very, this very poor Victorian exclusion reaction to comics, cartoons, etc. That's from Apple Jam wrangling everyone in there. Uh, Party Pirate says, holy hell, don't you people call me out like this? We're calling you out. <laughs> We're calling you out, Party Pirate. You, you is going down. Um... Uh, Yamako says that they like both. AI says, who gives a toss? Uh, I don't do, People do. Uh, and where are we? Some people will pop on one side as superior, and that's what needs to die out. Yes, everyone yes. needs to accept the fact they're all awful and no one is superior. We are all scum. <laughs> anyway, away from that, we are now moving on to our next topic of conversation, which is from Jenna. About someone that isn't scum. Um, so this week, some people might. Everyone's terrible. Catherine Johnson is not terrible. <gasps> you take that back, Andrew. Okay. She is a. She was a wonderful lady. Mm. Yeah, she was. Okay. Can we confirm Catherine Johnson is not scum? Catherine yeah. Johnson is amazing. Yeah, uh, Catherine very... Johnson. Catherine Johnson is not scum, and without for, her, for a we human being, gotten... she was wonderful. And also, without her. <laughs> humans wouldn't have really got into space. No. So um, what I'm talking about is Catherine Johnson. Uh, she was a NASA mathematician that uh, died this week. I'm not going to say unfortunately because she was 101. Ooh, so nice. she lived a very long life. There's been a lot of jokes of that she waited for a prime number to die on. <laughs> um, um also, uh, she won uh, the Presidential Medal of Freedom, um, and she was one of the major contributors to the maths that got America to the moon, basically. That is mm. that is her major role. Uh, she has been celebrated through the fact that there is a Barbie made of her that I actually do really want. Uh, there is a film about her called Hidden Figures, um, which... Uh, funny enough, if you listen to our history, uh, we've done an episode on. I have to plug. It's yeah. You shall and, away. Shall away. Yes. <laughs> and it is. Uh, we did it as part of our Black History Month episodes mm. because the representation of that film is free. As I refer to them, badass math ladies, <laughs> and getting to see smart women on TV doesn't matter what race. Just getting to see smart women mm. on on in film, any kind of media, is rare. Mm. Or if they are smart, there's normally a male that's smarter. Or yep. stuff like that. And getting to see a woman on TV, well, I say TV, but on the screen, that is doing maths to such a high level that all the men in the room are like, is that correct? I don't know. Um because she is the only one that can work this out. And for someone that is academic, because I'm uh, currently a history undergrad, getting to see an academic woman is just a joy. So, mm -hmm. so one of my favourite stories about this woman is John Glenn is like a hero astronaut to the American people, right? So mm -hmm. 19, I think it was about 1962, NASA used electronic computers for the first time to calculate John Glenn's orbit around Earth. And John Glenn said, I am not getting in doing that until this woman has verified your numbers. <laughs> <laughs> So as as a as a author Margot Lee Shetley stated, the astronaut who became a hero looked to a black woman in the still segregated South at the time as one of the key parts of making sure his mission would be a success. Yes. So like, just take that in. White guy is like, no, no, she has to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's mm. all like, but but computers, and that he's like, no. The, they were called computers, though. That was their actual job title. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. Com computing yeah. was women's work, apparently. Yes. Ah, yes. Yeah, and then the guy who's who's getting fired into space by essentially a slow-burning bomb turned around <laughs> and went, nope, nope. Uh, nope. Yeah. Uh, 
you can imagine him trying to go to his superiors and saying, "Okay, she needs to she needs to look at these numbers, or I'm not I'm not going." And they just look at her and go, "But, but no testicles." <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> no testicles. That, uh, yes, one. But... Uh, what you're saying earlier about seeing characters that you know the female characters not allowed to be smart. They are allowed to be smart, provided they're not very feminine. Because yes. a a DJ, you know, either a socially incapable or essentially degendered non-sexual woman is allowed to be incredibly smart. Because as we all know, uh, yeah, that's bollocks. Uh, I'm just going to name one of them in in media: Amy Farrah Fowler from yes. Big Bang Theory. Well, I was about to say they're either non-gendered, like degendered, so they're Amy Farrah Fowler where they're not allowed to be feminine in any way. Or they're Bernadette, where they have to be super, super, duper feminine, and they have to I... not like anything that's not related to their very specific field. Like, if you notice, she's only intelligent when it comes to talking about her field. She's not allowed to like geeky stuff. She's not allowed to be a nerd. She has to be super feminine, but only in her particular topic. Whereas Amy Farrah Fowler is allowed to be a nerd, but not in the same way the boys are allowed to be nerds. She's not allowed no. to like comics and stuff. No, she's got to yeah. do the harp and, you know, like the yeah. house on the prairie and things like that. It's like, oh, be, I, be I, almost Victorian in her. Yeah. 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 Sex, sex, just, sex, oh. Sexless entirely. Yeah. I have yeah. so many problems with that show. So many. <laughs> I, I really liked it when it first started. I thought, oh, finally, yes, I get some nerd jokes. This is going to be great. And then every episode, my heart died a little bit more as it went. You know, I, oh. I kind of, if you think of it like um, a piece of mental slapstick, I can see why the Big Bang did well because these are slapstick works when you have dumb characters that are indestructible right and the big bang you had these dumb characters in the shape of the nerds who was they were socially dumb and they were socially indestructible they were never gonna be on the streets or or, or have any major problems because of their um ineptitudes and on that level it kind of worked uh, I was just going to point out because um, Reese has just put in the comments um, yeah. about us talking about non-sexual as an ace. No, not the same because Amy is shown in quite a lot of scenes that she's actually hypersexual. She's actually very aware of being a woman. She's quite interested in sex, but she's shown as being, oh, well, yeah, but it's something that she's only going to have every now and then because she's clearly deficient in like all the other ways a woman needs to be in order to get sex because it's... she's not penny she's not hot she's smart and it's apparently a woman can't be both mm. in big bang theory yeah and, and party points but that maybe we're talking about being more androgynous than ace right it's mm. not even androgyny it's sexless in the way that like your parents are sexist or a nun is sexist yeah. you don't th you never think of them in a sexual situation yeah hopefully because <laughs> I mean, okay, there's enough naughty nun outfits out there that maybe people do, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not that mm. we're saying that she is ace or or androgynous or anything. It's just that she is supposed to be this thing that never has sex because she's more interested in being smart. Which is annoying because the person who plays her played Blossom, which I Yay. watched a lot in my teenage years, and has a PhD in the same subject. Yeah. So, mm. yes, a woman can be that smart, and yeah. Um, but I, she's not conventionally attractive. That's the thing about the, the, the actress. who I think she's attractive, don't get me wrong, but she's not Penny attractive or Bernadette attractive, where they're small, petite, cute, blonde, blue-eyed, and got big got boobs. Ya. Like, that's the thing. See, one of the only films I can actually think of that has the pretty blonde, petite woman and be smart is Legally Blonde. And she wasn't <laughs> supposed to be smart. She no. was supposed to be dumb. Yeah, and, and but it was that kind of juxtaposition of, oh my God, isn't it funny? She's so, she's smart. <laughs> like it's hard. <laughs> yes, wow. I mean, yeah. legally, legally Blonde is an un underrated classic it Brilliant. is a marvelous movie i have i'll probably have to do a trash or treasure about that Yay. 
<laughs> but the thing, just using you legally bond as an example, is that L started off as very societal, like, oh, I'm only doing this to get a man because yeah. men is all I care about. So I actually am really smart, but I've been taught my whole life that I have to be dumb to get a man mm. to get ahead in the world. So I'm going to be dumb. And then suddenly I'm going to realize that actually I quite like being dumb, but she never loses being feminine. Mm. Yeah. She doesn't go from this sort of pink per perky Barbie doll to this sort of drab grey thing. She does a little bit in the movie but then she remembers, wait no, I'm going to show you the Elle Woods way and it's like yes, I love you. Sorry, <laughs> I, love, I love that movie. Yeah, it's so good. I, I get some of this is that they're both comedies so with comedies you you, you need to use a the, the, the shorthands you need to use for the the journey because if you actually discuss it it gets in the way of the gag and yeah. with a comedy if you make the audience feel dumb they won't laugh so some of it is the structure of the shows or in the big bang theory just that actually you know we're real good mates with geeks actually no we're not we're going to show you every way that nerds are awful mm. and our main characters are going to be terrible people howard oh my god God, I hated him, the little whining man baby. I mean, and creep. How Howard at least has a character arc. Like Howard improves. Yeah, he, like he starts off as you say. This, I mean, we all know a Howard. Let's be honest. I mean, I've met Howards in my life. You know, all maybe maybe it's a female nerd thing, but all female nerds know a Howard, mm -hmm. or at least someone like a Howard. So he with the Lothario thing. Oh, God, yes. Okay, fair enough. Oh, yes. I'm, I don't know. I'm not a female nerd, so I can't comment. No. That's why I asked. Yeah. No, no, You're like a me. wonderful female nerd, though, Andrew. I mean, I can see you in, yeah. I can see, I can see you in a skirt. Mm. I've done it before. I'll do it again. Yeah. But, no, but like Howard actually has a character. I'm not saying he becomes a great person by the end, but he actually becomes a better person by the end of the, like, the show. Like, Leonard and Sheldon don't really change. I mean, Sheldon also has a bit of a character art, but Leonard, for me, doesn't have a character art. And the female nerds really do not have a character art, except to take Bernadette from this hot, amazing scientist down to... <sighs> Sorry, this, this is no disrespect to wives and or mothers, but a wife and mother. Like she, That was all her character became towards the end, was she had kids. <laughs> Hi, I'm a wife and mother. <laughs> yeah. I am married and I have a six... Well, she's going to be six on Sunday. Um, hey, happy birthday. And yet that doesn't get in the way of my smartness. No. Uh, no. I, I, I go to university. I got first on some of my assessments. It is one of the first times I have felt smart. Being a mum doesn't take that away from me. And it... I make sure to not define myself by being a mum or a wife. It's it's another one of my ton of labels that I have. So, yeah. But yeah. The, what, I, what, what I meant, which I probably wasn't very clear, was that Bernadette's character goes from having all these aspects to just two. Yeah. yeah. She gets downgraded I rather than know, upgraded. I do that that happens to. And I was so determined when I had Evie that I was not just going to be a mum. I was still going to be a person. I didn't want to be defined by the fact that I had a child. No. Jumping in with a couple of comments from the peanut gallery. I'll, I'll be over to Charlotte in a second. What have we got? Uh, Legally Blonde, uh, Pink Apple Jam. Legally Blonde, very good. Uh, Clueless, also perhaps possibly even the House Bunny. House Bunny, yeah, I'll go with that. House Bunny is a very underrated classic. Clueless uh, is amazing. Clueless is great, but it's it's cheating. It's got the Mighty Mighty Boss tones in it. Uh, Party Pirate says, remove Catherine Johnson and Margaret Hamilton for NASA, and you just have a few white guy guys failing to throw rocks into space. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, where are we? Um, first, uh, he also comments, first Transformers movie had the Aussie girl who was a great cryptologist. Unfortunately, Michael Bay. Yes, definitely. Unfortunately, Michael Bay on practically every Michael Bay movie. Station controllers having apoplexy. Uh, also, 
Pink Apple Jam, also Jurassic Park, where Laura Dern plays an incredible character, but the awful recent Jurassic Park just wholly farted on the main woman trying to get everyone out of shit for their own doing. Yes, the mm -hmm. female character in Jurassic Park, who fails miserably because she doesn't want to have kids and has a career. And the PA that got <gasps> killed for no reason. Oh, that was fucking, shocking. Oh, that honest... Way. I just oh, uh, punishment for that PA whose name yeah, I've forgotten. She got punishment murdered for going. I'm the PA to the person running the single largest um amusement in the world. I've job. got a job to do, and someone's told me to look after these kids. That's beneath me. Yes, yes, that was beneath her. That was magnificently beneath her, and then she got punished for it. Uh, Party Pirate, if you don't know a Howard, I got some bad news. Party Pirate, <laughs> I got some bad news. You're going to get so shit-canned at this rate. <laughs> and uh, and b -b -b and Laura points out the fact that we gave up watching Series 7 on Big Bang Theory because we just ended up hating the little shit bag Howard. And no one else's characters ever went anywhere. Anyway, Charlotte had a thing to say. Oh, I was just going back to Catherine. Lovely Catherine. And it's just, there's a little bit of sadness. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the fact that there's films about these women now and there's stuff going on and there's conversations being happening about them. But it's mm. still a little, there's a little sad part of, and I, I mean, the two lovely ladies in the in the uh, chat with me now will have this this feeling, and you'll have this feeling is that why it, the feeling that oh my god we have to make a big point of it because if we don't these women will get lost completely yeah. to history. I'm reading a book at the moment about uh, Millicent Patrick. Who, if please go Google her, she is the woman who created the creature from the Black Lagoon, but she gets no credit. She's not mentioned in anything anywhere because, you know, woman. And it's a shame yeah. because, you know, she did something fantastic. And this woman, this, this, you know, Catherine, she put people in space, which is incredible. And we're, you know, people only now are having to fight to get their stories told and to get people to make, take interest in these women. And there's probably more far more women out there that still haven't had their stories told and still need their stories told and it's just a bit you know you feel like there's a lot of work to do but i mean it's great that, that the stories are starting to be told and people are starting to take interest but we all need to kind of be out there and start shouting about these women that we know have done amazing things and need to have a bit more of an audience as a random reader of history um there's a certain bit in most histories where it turns around and goes did you know that women were involved in it and i'm just like what 50 percent of the global population was involved Actually, in this 52 yeah. uh, percent what, what depends what period in time and i'm just like oh women were involved wow what a shocker um, yeah that doesn't make your book innately interesting <laughs> you know the um, fact that you put like a paragraph towards the women yeah, um, what I will say as well is actually uh, on Sunday starts International Women's History Month, which is um, obviously a big deal because um, it also has International Women's Day involved in the middle as well. And it is a great opportunity to learn about some amazing women figures in life uh, that from anything from... Um, Ada Lovelace, who was one of the first computers, uh, to um, oh, what's her name? Climate change girl, fourteen. Greta Gunberg. That's her. That sort of range, and even just learning about the ordinary lives of women is amazing, and the struggles they went through, and the fact that they gave birth with no drugs. I'm flabbergasted against because <laughs> I would have not had how uh coped without gas and air and a epidural um it's the thing that always makes me sad as well sometimes in, even in university courses is that you have one session based on just history of women in this period and it's kind of like but women are there women are it should be part mm -hmm. of everything it's like how we have uh Black History Month, which is currently going on in America, LGBT History Month, 
they are wonderful for bringing up the conversation, but we need to spread the history throughout the year as well. Yes. Yeah, it's, it, it's just history. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for me, and I'm sure two of my fellow like co-posts here will have also experienced this, but as a as someone who identifies as female in the nerd community, I have had to justify myself at oh, every single yeah. opportunity. And the thing is, it's like people are always going on about how, oh no, fandoms for men and things like that. But did you actually know that most fanzine, like zines and message boards and things like that, were started by women? They were yeah. run predominantly by women. Conventions started off by being run by women. And then suddenly it's like, oh no, no, we're going to have pretend that you had nothing to do with that. And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. Naughty word that I'm not going to say off because I am not going to justify. I do not need to have a nerd card to prove to you that mm-hmm. I'm a fan of a series. Oh, I hate the nerd card. I, I hate worked, the nerd card. I worked in Game Station for one Christmas <gasps> and I had a kid come up to me and say, uh, I'm looking for someone to tell me about JRPGs. I was like, <laughs> okay, I can tell you about JRPGs. And he was like, oh, I bet you've only played Final Fantasy because you're a girl. And it's like, have you heard of Tales of? And he was like, no. It's like... You know, yeah. legally you're allowed to kick the shit out of him at that yeah. point. I also had mums come up to me and go, no, I, I would like to speak to a man about this. because, And it's like, what the... So mm. I worked for a major video game retailer, who I'm not going to name, mm. for four years. I was the only female in the entire shop. And people would come in and I'd say, can I help you? And they go, no, I want someone who knows what they're doing and go towards one of the other guys. Do you know what the sweetest part of my day was when the guys would go, oh, wait, no, I don't know anything about that. Hey, Lizzie, can you help this customer? <laughs> and I think yeah, we've yes. all worked in video games. I worked at CEX and I had the same issue. I, I never worked in one of those places. Uh, <laughs> so... Comments from the Peanut Gallery. Uh, Reese chimes in with fandom ruins everything. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> yes, Reese, you're very right. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, what else we got? Uh, and we've got climate change. Girl is the hero we need. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Her, uh, and that, uh, her and that girl from um, who got shot in the head by the Taliban because she wanted oh, to be yes. uh, 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 Marla. Something oh, those two just sitting down and sh- and chatting. <gasps> I'm just like. Yeah, no, that, that's the thing. I saw that. Somebody put a tweet out that they should be in school, not like ch- yes. talking about things they don't know anything about. And then someone put, somebody needs to Google, Google Marla. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> they should be in school, but everything's on fire, so they're busy. Yeah. Because the adults yeah. failed them. Anyway, um what other comments we got uh coding was considered menial and repetitive like knitting and sewing uh then it was taken over by the blokes vomit that was uh pretty obvious and fanzines uh started with star trek slash and yep. star trek slash was started with women and uh yeah i don't know if that's for or against women in fandom having seen some <laughs> of these uh some of that old stuff which was pretty bad uh and I will yes just quickly say if you're going to defend women... Kirk Spock spl- slash, no, then no. I was going to say that I think women actually do the most contribution towards fandom. Because if you look at the amount of fan art and fan fiction that comes out, statistically, how much is that written and drawn by women? Oh, yeah. I, there, there, there is. And cosplay, yeah. We are so thirsty. There is a. If you remove women yeah, from are. fandom, if you remove women from genre works, you have less than half of it. It's. It, it loses something anyway unfortunately rolling on to charlotte who has got slightly less time and no, right. uh, no don't apologize go go well it's all right because i talk fast okay so i'm gonna get my uh i'm gonna get my nerd on even more so than we've been doing and i'm gonna talk about Good. star trek primarily yeah. but i'm generally gonna be talking about the recent trend of people whining on the internet so the big anime. <laughs> comes... <laughs> Wait, let's get, get a new. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Let's get a fresh take on that. Okay. <laughs> this comes down to three words: Is Picard slow? 
No. Okay. So basically, there's been some clamor on the How internet. Uh, is, he, is it a slow amble? Is it? A, <laughs> I mean, it's got to be like he's like hold seventy, on. isn't he? I mean, it's it's Patrick on. Stewart. It's an elegant climb. Hold <laughs> okay. on. Let Charlotte do her intro. I will explain. I will explain. <laughs> I will explain. It will all become clear. Okay. There's been some clamor on the internet if you've been around recently that the recent episodes of Picard have been slow. Uh, particularly episode three. There was a lot of reviews going on that saying it was sluggish, it was slow, it was boring. Um, now, I understand that TV is not the same as it was back in the day. Um, mm. There is a focus on shorter seasons. So where you used to get like 22, 23, 24 episodes per season, you're now getting like 10, 12 maximum for a lot of things. But those people who are complaining that uh, the biggest argument I've been seeing is people saying the card is slow. This isn't Star Trek. And I would like to point out to you as a very old Star Trek fan, um, get in the sea because this is exactly <laughs> what Star Trek is all about. If anybody remembers Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, they were episodic. They yes. were, there was an overarching plot. You know, uh, Next Generation... I can't really remember, but <gasps> no. If you remember the first episode of, of Next Generation, Encounter at Farpoint, Encounter at Farpoint, really, really brilliant. But it didn't. It wasn't setting up some grand finale for the the end of the season. It was an episode by itself. Okay, Deep Space Nine did not actually get into its Dominion arc until like season two, and Voyager. Fair enough, their arc was got to get home. But it's a seven-season arc, so they weren't going to get to the end of it. So the the whole thing about Star Trek was it that there was there was these threads of a plot, but every episode was episodic. There was different things picked up within each episode. Some episodes were slightly more of different genres. You'd have some romantic ones, you'd have some comedic ones, you'd have some horror-esque ones. And it's not just Star Trek. You've got... Uh, in every really popular series, you'll have people saying that episodes are boring and slow. There was a The Red Woman, which was the first episode of season six of Game of Thrones, was described as ho-hum by critics because it was a setup episode. It was to get the plot moving. It was to put the threads out there, the table setting, to get things going. But because it didn't start with some big fight or some huge plot um, you know, development, people said it was boring. And I just, I'm getting frustrated by these people who are getting like, I want every single episode of my series to have something fantastic and amazing and new in it every single time. But they don't want any plot to develop. They want, they want it to go at a rapid pace. And it's the, the fundamental thing for me about Star Trek is that it's all about the characters. The, the space and the exploration are, are wonderful but it's the characters. I mean, people are moaning about Jean-Luc Picard doing speeches. That's all he ever bloody did in Next Generation. Played the flute and told people off. Go so on, I, go on I, Lizzie. I, I have a theory about why people are whining about Picard. People are garbage. That is part of the theory, I'm sorry, yes. Charlotte, you don't just... Because people can't see you. You just suddenly swinging back. Why? It was everything. That, that We need to make a gif of that. <laughs> I'm done. But yeah, so the thing... What, where I lay the blame solely for people whining that Star Trek Picard is slow is at J.J. Abrams' feet. Yes. Because whatever those movies were... They were not Star Trek. Because even the original Star Trek movies were slow. Yeah. I mean, Space Whales. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying the new ones are bad. They're, they're no. okay films in their own right. And Zachary yeah, Quinto yeah, is yeah. definitely Leonard Nimoy's love child. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Literally just Leonard Nimoy's love child. Nobody yeah. else was involved. No. Cloned. <laughs> I'm contractually obliged to point out that J.J. Abrams is a fucking hack. Thank you. Yes, go on. Okay, that's go fine. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, I, I enjoyed the Star Trek films, the new ones. I thought they were entertaining. And people who weren't interested in Star Trek, the original stuff, quite liked them. So it was nice because it was like, oh, I can actually talk to random people in the pub about Star Trek. This is great. And yeah. I'm not seen as a massive nerd. But the people who are complaining about Picard keep going back to Next Generation as an example. And I'm thinking, well... Did you watch but it? this is the next generation. It's just, it's just, this is the modern version. Because yeah, you're not going to get 24 episodes of this, mate. So you might as well make the most of it. 
Yeah, I mean, the next generation, don't get me wrong, love it. It's my favourite series and I will defend it with a knife and literally I will do so. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you'd have you'd have quite, like, interesting high-octane episodes, like, high, like, stress episodes. And then you'd have, they'd be on the holodeck for three episodes doing, like, Robin Hood and, like, Worf would be wearing <laughs> yeah. tights. And Riker getting his end away, like, every oh, third episode, you <laughs> know? <laughs> It was like, oh my god, please, Riker, stop writing your weird, weird slash fanfic with yourself and Riker some, like, either. hollow... <laughs> well, it's like, okay, right, this is a big criticism, which I'm glad someone else pointed this out. I was reading a load of articles and someone pointed out the fact that Picard in the latest Picard, if anyone has been watching it, has not been doing much actiony stuff. Now, to be fair, the bloke's cracking on a bit, so... But also, as someone else pointed out, that was the whole thing about Picard, that he was different to Kirk. Because Kirk, even though he was captain, used to jolly off on all the away missions yes. where he could probably get murdered. Whereas Picard didn't. He would sit back, sip in his LT, and go, you know what, Riker, off you trot. You go, because well, you're my number one and that's your job. And that's what Picard's doing in this series. Also, Patrick Stewart is 79 years old. <laughs> and he's still, still a fox. <laughs> Woof woof! Yes, woof, I was indeed. indeed. How does he not age? <laughs> so he and Ian McKellen basically bathe in the blood of all their young co-stars, so that they can't, like, you know, it's all age. Earl Grey. It's all the old yes, tea. Earl Grey yeah. hot. Earl Grey hot. <laughs> That's actually his uh, like Tinder name. <laughs> oh, oh you're Earl so Grey hot. <laughs> But yeah, so this this overarching is frustrating me because I understand that TV series have got to be, they are different. I mean, like Stranger Things, I absolutely love Stranger Things. I think it's a great way of doing those shorter things, those shorter episodes. Everything feels very well paced. But Stranger Things has got one plot, really. It only has one central plot. And you could argue that Picard has that. But Picard has got this whole universe that was created. And it, it is going to feed into that. I mean, the later episodes, spoilers for anybody who's like not seen the latest episode, shut your ears <gasps> now. Um, but there's, I'm not going to go into anything too detailed, but there are references harking back to things like Voyager. So if you're aware of them, you will be kind of like, oh yeah, I get this. And if you don't, you'll be like, okay, but there's still this richer environment that's going on. Um, and it, yeah, it's just it's just frustrating to hear people saying, I don't like this, it's boring, it's slow. And it's it's like, well, it's not. It's just giving you some backstory. It's giving you a bit of story that you might actually need for later and you might not realise that until now. I mean, I'm looking at the peanut gallery now and there's a lot... A Star Trek is clearly a hot topic. Um, <laughs> we, so I think we could do a whole episode on Star Trek I know, Trek I'm, just, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to blaze through because I'm going to skim read some of these. Um because this oh my god it's just flown or by um but someone's <laughs> talked about like um it's so funny star trek pace is star trek pace it's not exactly high octane action that's from laura you are act absolutely right star trek has never been a flying series um next generation is best star trek this is again from laura the character yes. data was very early representation of autism discussion at the time when only rain man was around which is not pl- true for many people with the diagnosis on early spectrum awareness days. Absolutely true. Star Trek was groundbreaking for a lot of things that we take for granted these days. Um, the first interracial kiss. Yeah, yeah. Technically. Oh, there wasn't technically a kiss. They just did the angle to make it look like it was. Cheat. And, yeah, it, yeah. Was, and it was not consensual. No, no. Uh, it was the first, uh, third televised lesbian kiss, I think, was in uh, Deep Space Nine. But can we be honest here? Were any of Kirk's interaction with women actually consensual? Were they real yes. women? A lot of, of Kirk's, yes, a lot of them were. Oh, yeah. Grey Warm. It's based on the kid. Sunday afternoon. Yep, there we go. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, here's <laughs> Sorry. another one. Uh, Picard makes speeches and Riker walks over a chair, two of the truths of the next generation. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and Deanna and Deanna Hare's Troy gets bigger. Yes. Um, it's got its own gravitational f- f- field at one point. Yeah, it's... Um, I mean, I remember watching Star Trek The Next Generation when it first came out, and I'm going to be honest, a lot of the episodes were cack. And oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. First, first, like, two or three seasons of Deep Space Nine, a good 60% of each episode was just absolute dross. But once it got going, I mean, I'm I'm one of the Black Sheep Star Trek fans because Deep Space Nine is my favourite. I absolutely oh, okay. love it. 
Um, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not dissing them. I'm just just saying that oh, a lot no, no. of us slow. Everyone, everyone's got their favorite. Go on, the Raggedy Man favorite Star Trek series. Uh, currently Picard. Picard. I'm really liking this because Lizzie, next gen. Sorry, Raggy. Come on, next gen. Jenna. Um, Deep Space Nine because it's the yeah. only full season I've seen. Yeah, um, I like you I've anyway. Not, I. I haven't seen much Star Trek. I've seen some of the earlier films. Um, I've seen all the J.J. Abrams ones. Um, and I've seen some Next Gen and I've seen some original. So, And I played a... Um... <laughs> right, in an RPG I was playing with friends uh, because I didn't know what a Kobayashi Maru was. <laughs> they managed to trick me into... Um, Thinking it was a real plot and thinking I had killed the entire team within ten minutes of the role so playing stuff. <laughs> That's so mean. I I always like the Kobe Marashi Maru because it's like if you don't like the game, cheat. <laughs> yeah, I was like that. Oh, yeah. Ian says that his favorite is Voyager. Voyager's my second shout for Ian. I mean, can we just talk quickly about Janeway? Woman did not need a man. Save the goddamn ship every time, and someone bring her some damn coffee. Yes. Yeah. And she didn't have to have gorgeous hair because the first few seasons she looked like she had a cottage loaf on her head. <laughs> she did. She, but she was, again, another woman who was never like... She had like moments where you thought, wow, she's hot, but it was never about her being a woman again. No. no. Sorry, Raggedy Man, I cut you off earlier. What were you yes. saying about this? No, I was just going to I'm really liking the Picard because apart from anything else, it's... It, it it takes its time. I'm actually enjoying having a TV series that takes its time. And to mm, me, it feels me like too. original Star Trek because the recent Star Trek Discovery, I think it was, was Bone. Um, and this one I really like because apart from anything else, uh, slight spoilers alert, there's a wonderful scene where Picard gives an amazing speech and then the person Does he's given it to really? just, tur- <laughs> just turns around and goes, wow, you're full of shit. <laughs> um <laughs> Much. Which is great. Much. I loved it. It was hilarious. And he just stood there and went, I'm Picard. I don't care. I'm yeah, right. Like, you're wrong. Care. And he carried on being right because he's fucking Picard. He's like will... Captain America. He's always morally right. And that's the important thing. Yeah. I will ask the peanut gallery. Come on. Best Star Trek. Your favorite. Your favorite. It doesn't have to be like, the one you think everyone else is like. Whichever like, one you like. I, I Party Pirates just brought up a very good point was that a lot of the characters, all the characters in Star Trek have flaws. They're real people. Yeah. Even Picard has flaws. As much as and I love the characters. smart characters. ladies. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I know. Dax, I know Dax, Dax. Was, Dax was the great intelligent also character. Very inc- also very inclusionary. Yes. yes. One-off special, uh, big stomp special on Star Trek, please. Yes. yes. Maybe later. We're now up against the clock. And Laura pointed out best current Star Trek is the Orville, which is actually really true until Picard started. Anyway, uh, that was the big stomp for February here in the Bunkerzilla Bunker. My thanks to Lizzie, Jenna, and Charlotte. Along with Alistair, uh, Fridge UK, Kuma, Mike Quinn, uh, Nadesco Kitty, Party Pirates, uh, (laughs) Reese, Shetty UK, and all the other people who are here from earlier. Um, If you like this, please tell your friends. Um, Anybody got any words before we shoot off and before Station Manager hits the roar? I I will just say that uh, my podcast Real History is finally going up onto uh, podcast feeds. And episodes are being posted every other day. So please go download them and listen. So, Yay! Okay. As and I was real saying, history's on after this. Listen, Yay. <laughs> uh, and part party pirate says Kobayashi Maru is the opening mission of the Star Trek Bridge Simulator. And wow, me and my pal freaked the hell out. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh Big Stump is also on the podcast platforms because we do podcasts on Bunkerzilla as well as live streaming as well as stuff like this, as well as wonderful things like Trash or Treasure, which is currently trying to do an LGBTQ History Month. Um, and if you liked this show, please tell your friends, spam it all the way out to the world, including um, Station Controller, stop giving me more stuff to plug. Um, <laughs> Bond, talk about Bond! Uh, Bunker on Bond is coming soon, blah, blah, blah. Something James Bond, 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 Bond. Uh, tell all your friends, invite them along, get them all into the peanut gallery. Thank you all so much for your comments. You keep these wonderful people definitely on their toes and give them a run for their money with the very often better gags. Uh, if you want to be in the peanut gallery, there. Uh, if you want to be in the peanut gallery, get 
the link to join the Peelock Gallery or give us a topic uh, for us to discuss the next big stomp, then join the Bunkerzilla Stomping Grounds on Facebook. That's people who are listening to this on podcast rather than live, because obviously all the people listening to it live have already been on the spot. You know what I'm saying, and he's looking at me ominously. Uh, The next big stomp will be Thursday, the 26th of March. We do not know who is going to be stomping on that one yet, because that's like a whole month away. Um, If there's stuff you want us to talk, please bring it in. This show has been brought to you by Bunkerzilla, available in its all-natural flavors at bunkerzilla.co.uk. We're going to be trying some more live shenanigans uh, next weekend not this weekend the weekend after when we're hopefully going to be going live from manami and there will be some discord happening on there and we will tell you the times of that as soon as manami tells us the times of anything we know it starts on a friday we know he finishes on a sunday beyond that <laughs> wonderful organization for those wonderful people uh i am the raggedy man this has been the big stomp good night <laughs> 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 <laughs>